Boom. We're recording. How's life? It's going, man. Have you seen this beard? I know we're on <laughs> video right now. I'm letting this thing grow. Bro, I was about to say, that is an impressive, impressive facial uh, monstrosity you got going on. I'm going for that James Harden look during quarantine. I don't know how other people are doing it, but I'm trying to get, you know, we're all on no fly list right now, but I'm trying to get like extra no fly list. <laughs> I'm going to call it no oh. fly list plus. Oh my gosh. That is hilarious. Hey, did you see Governor Lee uh, put a stay at home order in? Have we had that for like two weeks now here in Nashville? Well, I mean, it's like, I don't know. I think it's more, <laughs> I, don't, I don't know, dude. It's apparently more intense or whatever. But I was, uh, I was at the park because I don't have a gym right now, which is really annoying. So I've been going to the park to get my like nature walks in. And I watched a cop actually break up like 12 to 15 people on the basketball court. And I was like, see, that is irresponsible for them. Whereas me walking around by myself is perfectly fine. Well, actually walking around by yourself is an essential activity. It is. You can be in nature and it's good for your health. Yep. Keeps us sane. By the way, welcome back to Millennial Manhood, Traven. What's up, bro? Glad to be back. I have, to, cre- I have to credit you for getting my start on podcasting too. You know that? Uh, do you? I do. I came onto yours. I've seen what you've done. And I said, I'm going to do the same thing one day. And here Ins- we are. Inspiring minorities all over the world. <laughs> it's what I do, guys. It's what I do. With a name like Yavitsa Djurjevic, you are meant to do that. I think a name like Shreven Mullaney can also kind of like keep with that flow of how do you say that? How do you spell that? And let's just go with it. Yeah. <laughs> okay. So Shraven, uh, you were, man, you were early on in the podcast, uh, probably like, I don't, I'm not sure, but probably first 15 episodes. Then we did another one where you were on there when we played millennial, uh, millennial monopoly. And now you, uh, you have your own podcast called that. So Shraven. So for the folks who may have not heard the previous episodes, uh, give them a 10,000 foot view of, of who's Shraven. Uh, Shraven is a law school graduate working in healthcare law here in Nashville from East Tennessee. And he decided that during quarantine, he's not going to you know waste his time being unproductive at this point. And he is going to do more than watch Netflix. So at this point, he decided to start a podcast called That So Shraven. And yeah. all I can think of is the theme song to that. So Raven, that's so Shraven. Can you talk about the easiest branding in the world? Plus being single, I have put that on my dating profiles because what easier way to teach somebody to teach a female how to pronounce your name as Shraven than that. So Raven. And it's just, it's an icebreaker like that. Cause they say, Oh wow. That theme song is stuck in my head now. And I said, you know what? I knew you were going to say that because it's the future. I can see <laughs> I 90% it. of the time it works every time. Boom. Okay. So you started a podcast. That's O'Shraven. How did it happen? Obviously we're going to talk about the podcast, but we'll talk about whatever as well, because quite frankly, um, you know, typically I have some like relatively serious topics on the podcast, but since everybody's going a little stir crazy and insane, I'm throwing out some fun episodes as well. So uh, how did you come about? What made you think that out of all people that you should have your voice recorded and released on the SoundCloud and to, through your RSS feed to iTunes and Spotify and everything? Who do you think you are, Shraven? I think I am a person with an opinion and a point of view. And I think that's the easiest way you know, to go about it. I 
I don't know. I think it, I think in 28 years I've, I've done a, you know, a fair amount. I've got, you know, two degrees. I've traveled a decent amount. I watch as much sports as I do trash TV. I listen to, I don't know, an upwards of, of 10 podcasts. I keep up with articles and in, in various publications and newspapers. So at this point, I, you know, being the social person that I am said, well, what is, there's, you know, no really any harm or, or any, you know, benefit in me keeping, you know, all of this to myself. So why don't I start broadcasting it at this point? I've, you know, I like to hear myself talk. So, you know, doing that really helps too. And so I think just being able to, to have a point of view, have people who come to me normally for, for regular advice and being able to broadcast it to a larger number of people at once. Um, I mean, I was really killing a few birds with one stone and it, it really doesn't hurt that I in the past used to make the excuse that I didn't have time or I was you know, scared to do it because I didn't know if people would listen. I don't know if I had the discipline to do it, but with everything that's going on right now with, you know, being as, you know, having honestly the downtime that I'm not spending at bars and restaurants. Um, I've given myself the time to, you know, take it seriously, spend time researching, recording, editing, trying to figure out what people want to hear. And here we are, I don't know, going on two weeks now. And I recorded my, and released my fourth episode this morning. So it's been a lot of fun. Um, it is a challenge. Um, I like perfection and I'm clearly not there yet. So that's been a little frustrating, but, uh, I'm ready to tackle it and I'm excited to to keep it going. All right. So how nerve wracking was it? I've talked about this before on the podcast, but when you release your first episode, I almost had a panic attack because <laughs> no joke, you're sitting here like, shit, will anybody actually listen to this? And I just put myself out there. So what walk us through walk us through that, uh, through those mental gymnastics. Yeah, I you know, the interesting part was I had a topic in mind for my first episode and I wanted to make it relevant to what's going on. And that's kind of been the theme of, of the first few episodes has been, you know, relevancy in, during, you know, coronavirus and, and COVID-19. So I, I was terrified of, of how many people would listen, but at a point I hit submit and I crossed my fingers and went to bed and said, please God, I hope you know, 20 people listen. I hope a lot of people like it. And I was texting people who I had told that I was going to take this on. I was, you know, DMing people who had asked me about it. I had a lot of people say, what is SoundCloud? How do I download that? Because that was, you know, the first network that I released on because I had, you know, no idea of distribution until I started, you know, hearing about Anchor and stuff again. So I was about to say, you, it's not like I'm a phone call away. Yeah. Or like that. <laughs> well, that's what I remembered is, is that's what, you know, you and I had discussed, you know, months ago when, when, you know, I had asked you how, you know, you were tackling this. So, um, it was terrifying, uh, and it wasn't perfect. The first episode will literally never be the first 20 will probably never be perfect, but I was excited for the fact that it was a relevant topic. You know, the first episode was how to properly work from home. I've been doing it for, you know, three months now. So the change in circumstances and what we're doing right now wasn't, didn't affect me to that point. 
and I had a point of view there that I could share because I had plenty of people already ask me that privately. So in my mind, I said, well, this is a perfect topic. This will be for everybody right now who is experiencing this, this work from home. I don't know how to do it. I don't know if I'll be disciplined enough. And somebody who had to go through that process himself, I said, this is perfect. I can get this out there. I don't have to answer, you know, 25 different people texting me, but I get a whole different audience once this starts to spread. And I got very lucky. I had a friend reach out to me who heard it. She said, I want to distribute this to my marketing team for, you know, all of us in this group who are working from home now. I said, perfect. Awesome. Send it to as many people as you want. Have at it. it. Go to town. Yeah. I love it. I love it. No, it's okay. So you're, you're tackling, you know, pertinent topics like, for example, working from home, which I've discovered the joys of Zoom and Zoom backgrounds. Uh, <laughs> so that's been fun. Um, what other topics are you talking about? Yeah. Um, so episode two was a little more lighthearted, did a few current events. Um, did you get invited to do a push-up challenge on Instagram? I did. Did you do it? Hell yeah, I did it. Did you do and, your push And here's why I did it. Let me clarify why I did it. There is one person on God's green earth who could challenge me on Instagram and I would respond. And that person challenged me. James Gilreath. No, no, no. James, James Gilreath. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So there's no way in hell I was going to let James talk trash to me about anything. There's, he is the one person that can make me feel insecure. So that was, that was not going to happen. Yeah. And see, that's fair. But the real question is, did you do your push-ups properly? Because what I have seen is that people aren't doing that. And I'm sitting here looking at elbows just go a little bit down and they're popping back up. And I said, this is useless. You just don't so look great. I did 20 push-ups because that's what James challenged me to. And every single one of them, I touched the floor with my chest. There you go. You have these people that are just barely going down and popping back up. And I'm like, you claim to be a fitness person who is very active. And we learned how to do push-ups in the fourth grade and you can't do it. And you got some and sissy that, ass arms. And that, and you have people on their knees and I'm like, come on y'all, like do better. So yeah. I, I went on a little rant about that because you, I'd been seeing it all over Twitter. I said, people really are just, they aren't feeling this. So did I mean, you do the push-up challenge? No, oh. I got challenged. I got challenged to one by, mm. and it was by my sister who did a piss poor push-up. And I basically said, this is what you're getting out of me. I'm pushing this wine glass to my mouth and bringing it back down. Like that's what you're going to get out of me at 8:30 at night on a Tuesday. <laughs> that's what you're Good. getting out of me. And I was like, I will do it if somebody who does a proper one like sends it to me, more than happy to do it. Yeah. But yeah. I need somebody to lead by example first, not bad example. Mm. Yeah, it it was funny though, just paying attention to Instagram and social media, how much these challenges just like blew up when everybody started having to be at home. Like, I really think we're all going a little insane. Yeah, it's it's pretty it's pretty easy to get stir crazy right now. And you know, the episode I released this morning, um, episode four, was essentially about that. It was you know, eventually Netflix is going to get boring. Hulu's going to get boring. Amazon Prime, there's only so many things that we're going to be able to watch. Like I'm already to that point where I'm tired of just like sitting on my couch and watching TV and going on my walk. So, you know, a couple of the things that I discussed was the productive things that you can do when you're tired of Netflix, when you've watched all of it. So cleaning out your closet, redecorating your apartment, something small that a lot of people never realized was 
deleting the pictures off of your cell phone. I talked to somebody today, and I kid you not, she thought I, I thought she was kidding. She had nineteen thousand pictures on her phone, and they all sucked. And I don't know, I, half of them are probably repeats. And I was like, wow, I have three hundred over the course of the past few years, and I keep it pretty clean. Nineteen thousand since twenty fifteen, and I was like. See, this is the exact type of audience that needs this productive talk to be right? able to go through and delete some of these. All right. You, you want to know how many pictures I have? I just had to look it up. 97. No. 4,214. See? See? Nobody's immune to this unless you go through it consistently and delete. Well, and I do go through it relative, but, but, but. So I was one of the early iPhone adapters. Yeah. I've had an iPhone since 2009. Okay. My pictures go back all the way to May 23rd, 2013. All right, so you're looking at I don't know, seven years. Seven, yeah, so about seven hundred a year, just under that six hundred yeah. a year. And a lot of them are pictures of you know trips. I mean, yeah, like I just need to organize this crap. Now you got me all like focused see, on my freaking pictures. So Google Photos is actually great for this. Just pop them all in a Google Photo Drive if you don't even like having them in the cloud, because uh-huh. the cloud will sometimes re-upload to your phone. Just yeah. toss them on a Google Photos. And they don't need to be on your iPhone anymore. You're done. Boom. Well, okay then. Hey, look, millennial manhood, <laughs> making men better via organizing your phones. Hey, it's the little things at this point. Anything you can do to, to keep yourself from having a quarantine, you know, crazy breakdown is what we're trying to do here. Now, I also saw that you talked about how to date during quarantine. Yeah, that's, that's an experience. Um, See, because I'm out the game, all right? I'm married. I'm just hanging out here. I'm working with my wife. We're seeing each other 24-7 and our dog. So I'm out the game. You're still out there. So, so what, what, sh- what, should the, what should the children learn? I mean, us kids should learn that we're back in an age of old school courting. It's mm. a little bit different. It's a mix of Love is Blind with old school courting. Mm. Did you watch Love Wait, is Blind on ring. Netflix? Did you watch did Love is Blind? Love is Blind, but I did watch The Ring on netflix so essentially you're let's say you're on a dating app and you see a picture of the person obviously there's that initial essentially objective superficial attraction Mm -hmm. now you have to have a conversation with this person for god knows how long because you have no idea when this is going to end now if you're willing to to break quarantine and break self-isolation that's one thing but on the safer side of things what if she's a nurse what if you're a nurse? Mm. What if you're a doctor? What if she's a doctor? There is a lot of risk in there in terms yeah. of meeting it gives up a with different definition right to risking it all. It really does. Are you willing to risk it for the biscuit? Mm. Who knows? <laughs> but so what are the what are you having like Zoom dates? Like what the <laughs> hell are you doing? So this is the interesting part. There are a lot of things that you can do. And, and in episode two, I give some you know suggestions. There are FaceTime and Zoom dates, happy hours. Um, something really creative that, that I thought about was going to one of these places that does, you know, curbside pickup and takeout. And there are two options to this. You both meet there. You either sit in your cars and chat, or if you are able to, you've got a sunroof and it's easy, go sit on top of your cars in spots across from each other and have a conversation. You're supporting a local business in a time of need. You are a safe distance apart. You're handling your own food. Now that you can get margarita pitchers, you can have tacos and margs on your car outside 
supporting a restaurant and a date at the same time. You air high five on the way out. And I think that's a pretty safe idea. What's your feedback been on that? Actually pretty good. I've gotten a lot of people saying that that's a creative idea and I've got some people out there who have told me that they're going to try it and let me know how it goes. Mm. Well, okay then. Given but if you're going to if you're going to have an in-person date and and it's not something that you want to wait for, that's really the only thing you can do. Yeah, you got to you got to shoot your coronavirus shot, man. It's unorthodox, but yeah. we're in an unprecedented time. Yeah. I mean, I think the worst part about all of this is, and Tamara and I were talking about it, it's not the fact that we're not supposed to go outside. I can handle that. It's the fact that it's like this indefinite time period. If you just told me like, hey, we got to shut the whole world down until you know April 23rd, I'd be like, all right, let's go. Let's shut this bitch down. But when you say like, meh, end of April, maybe June, maybe September, it's like, oh my gosh, I'm <laughs> going to go insane. Yeah, the fear of the unknown, I think, is what gets me in, what gets everybody else. Because, again, you see, and it's it's the indefiniteness. Okay, we've extended it, you know, two weeks till the thirtieth. Well, that's, you know, they're canceling stuff that's going to be in July. They're canceling things that are, you know, going into. I think August is probably the latest I've seen stuff canceled. Everything is being pushed to the fall. So internally, for me, my countdown is like July before I feel like we're going to be able to to live a real life again. And the scary part is with this, you know, coronavirus, the asymptomatic population is the scariest part. We could have coronavirus right now and we would never know. Yep. And we go back out and start living a normal life too early, mid-May, end of May. We're going from flattening the curve to popping that bitch back up and having to come, you know, straight back down and social distance again. So while it is, you know, this, scary uncertainty i would much rather at this point be on the safer side than have to come back in august social distance and there goes my entire football season there goes my tailgates priorities you know we're in the south yavitsa we're in the south priorities dude okay so i've been thinking about this so much and you know being a financial advisor i'm 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 observing this obviously from the humans aspect okay but then also like fascinated from a professional standpoint. It's so interesting to watch. Um, and I personally don't really know how we go back to normal after this. Like I know we keep hearing this new normal crap. Um, and it's a, it's a cliche almost at this point, but I think it's true. Like I think a lot of businesses, a lot of people were just going to view the world very differently after this. I'm really curious to see what the changes are that are permanent. Now, there's some really devastating changes happening besides people dying. You know, I mean, the report came out today, 10 million uh, unemployed uh, reports in the last two weeks. Mm-hmm. The previous record was 650,000 in a week. Okay. So we've got to work this weird balancing act of protecting people and lives and then also protecting what happens after the virus. You yeah. I, yeah. I think, I mean, yeah, it, it's going to be a new normal. Now, what that new normal is that, that, you know, people are talking about, you're right. It remains to be seen. I mean, companies are going to have to dig out from the hole that they're in. Small businesses are going to have to decide whether they're going to reopen or, or stay closed. And those people are going to have to find a, you know, brand new means to live if that's their means. I think the government has a lot to do with, I, I think they've, you know, they're kind of the key in all of this is how, 
is the government going to support these small businesses, these, even these major corporations, these airlines who are hemorrhaging millions and billions of dollars, you know, on a daily and a weekly basis. So, I mean, it's, it's going to be a lot of rebuilding. Um, it's going to be, it, it's going to be tough. Um, getting everybody back into school, those who had to cut semester short, it's going to be tough getting people over a fear of being in large crowds, which was already there with a lot of the things that go on in the world. It's even worse. Now people used to be scared of, you know, going to terrorist attacks, going to a movie theater and, and being shot. Now you're afraid to go in a crowd because somebody might cough around you. One of my favorite memes that I've seen is that people are, Oh, what was it? Oh, people were at first farting to cover a cough or if people were first coughing to cover a fart. Now it's the opposite. And, I, and <laughs> people are now farting to cover coughs because if you cough, people think you're the plague. Yeah. And well, that's going to go on until we have a vaccine, which is who knows when. And the scary part is, you know, you and I, we're young, we're healthy. We don't have underlying health conditions. It's like the odds of us dying, pretty much none, right? Even if we get it. Yeah, But, you know, in my personal life, I've got a dad who's got some health issues. I've got a mother-in-law who went through chemo. I've got, I mean, the thought of accidentally giving the virus to somebody and then killing them, bro, I don't know how I would handle that. Yeah, I, and I could speak to that because I was supposed to go visit my parents three weeks ago, but my mom had a cough at the time and dad's got underlying heart problems. So I was like, mm. I'm staying the hell away for as long as possible. And then uh, I talked to my mom a couple of days ago and she's like, well, my cough's done. And I'm like, yeah, that's fine. But I don't know. Like I'm still like really sketchy about like still coming. Cause God forbid that like I have it and, and I give it to you or dad. I'm like, that is a significantly worse situation than, than us, you know, having to be apart for, you know, an extra couple months while this is all resolved. So I'm not even willing to risk being in the same house as them at this point. I would much rather keep it to, you know, FaceTimes and Zooms and it sucks. I haven't seen my parents in a few months, but I'm, you know, we're all erring on the side of caution at this point. And even walking in the park, if I see somebody who looks older, I will walk to the like far as I can on the grass to stay six feet away because I might breathe. I might cough and Lord only knows how that could affect them. Yeah. Yeah, and especially now that reports are coming out that you can actually catch it just through breathing. Yeah. Which we've been told for weeks now you can't. It's like, damn it, government, get your shit together and give us appropriate information. You really don't catch a break at this point. And there there are, but then the the back end of that is there's so many reports of, of, of God knows what. I think they're still learning so much about, I mean, that's why it's a novel coronavirus because we know nothing about it. Nobody that we know of has eaten a bat before. And, and here we are now with it. Scary part is when you watch things on Netflix, like pandemic, um, I'm not sure if you're familiar with that, but it basically goes through the process of what happened during swine flu and how they were handling that. And it comes out, you know, I think a couple days or a week before all of this Corona stuff blows up and you watch that and you're just like, shit, I need to stay as far away from everybody as possible. Yeah, that's so interesting. I hadn't I hadn't heard about pandemic, but I'm going to check that out now. Now I'm really it's, curious. It's a six seven part that talks about the you know the goings on of swine flu worldwide and and kind of how that was handled from you know China to worldwide and transmission and how they were you know dealing with it in India and Thailand and the United States. Very interesting, very creepy, 
So if you're on one of those kicks, everybody was watching Contagion and Outbreak. This is one of those things that people were also going with. All right. All right. I have to ask you this since we brought up the topic of Netflix. But are you on the Free My Man's Tiger King train or not? Of course. Carol Baskin is a Free Tiger King. This is ridiculous. He's a national treasure. Joe Exotic is a national treasure. Joe Exotic for president or vice president when he comes up. His ads were incredible. His, you know, obviously reverbed and fake voice was great. (laughs) His songs were catchy as hell. Here, Kitty Kitty is my jam right now. It's the quarantine jam of 2020. Okay, dude. When we, Tamara and I started watching uh, Tiger King Saturday. We finished it Saturday. So we binged it. It's such an easy watch. Yeah. And we were watching and we were like, what in the hell is happening? Like every episode, you're like, these people are insane. And then the next episode, they're even more insane. And you're like, what the fuck is going on? Like, how is this even possible? When Jeff Lowe comes in, it's, it's game over. Oh, dude, Jeff Lowe. Jeff that guy is Jeff- the ultimate personification of a douchebag in one outfit. Yeah. He, I, you take a, you know, he was taking tigers to Vegas to get girls. I won't repeat his exact saying that he had on there with his (laughs) wife and his wife was like, I'm cool, whatever. Jeff Lowe's loaded. I will survive. Yeah. He, uh, there was just something about like the way he talked that pissed me off. Like the way he moved his mouth. Yeah. Did you notice that? Yeah. He had like a weird way of moving his mouth. It was really weird, but let's also like rewind. I, I will give, you know, the tiger King some credit. Guy was pulling some snacks, man. (laughs) <laughs> he had some man he, that you know objectively speaking as a straight man that guy was pulling some man candy granted he was taking them and forcing taking them advantage to of straight that. dudes making them think they were gay and then being well you know you like you you see what you watch you're not that straight anymore yeah giving a giving him a meth addiction and feeding that addiction so that they stay married to him yeah i mean hey he was but hey he was pulling himself his own snacks I mean, look, they're all horrible human beings, but if anybody deserves to be in jail, it's okay. Tiger King deserves to be in jail maybe, but everybody else deserves to be in jail as well. Here was the thing. They weren't that much different. Tiger King and Carol Baskin really weren't that much different in terms of what they were doing and they needed each other. They had the most symbiotic relationship ever, bro imagine getting away with murder and then 20 years later some asshole drops a dock and everybody's coming back at you yeah they reopened her case the funniest part was oj simpson went on a little rant on twitter I about how, how carol did it and it's like this is the entertainment that we have in 2020 was that a murderer who everybody you know obviously everybody knows he did but it. everybody knows he did it and i think we're on the same train about carol baskin everybody knows she did it the only question is how did she do it she fed him to a tiger, dude. She was it the meat grinder? Ah, oh, dude. Bro, I was watching that, and I was just like, how is this even possible? How <laughs> are these human beings alive? One. Two, how do they have money? How the hell are they rich? Why am I not making money like that? <laughs> <laughs> you need me you're to not, play with some tigers? Let's, you're not raising tigers. and breeding tigers, Yavi. That's what it is, man. We're in Jeez. the, wrong, we're in the long, wrong lines of work. We need to be in Seriously. the exotic animal business in Seriously. Florida. Gosh just no pythons they're movie characters they're movie characters in real life they really really are all right so so tiger king free my man's tiger king um let me ask you this so podcast back to the podcast doing a podcast easier or harder than you thought and why definitely harder um 
mostly with the why is because I wasn't necessarily familiar with how to edit and stuff and, and using GarageBand to do everything. So I taught myself that in about a weekend or so in terms of getting the music together, getting, you know, the sound right, which it still isn't perfect, but, but we're getting there. And then especially the, the format that I've been using so far, the, the single person narrative, mm-hmm. it's, it's, in my opinion, harder to do that than it is than, than you and I having a conversation. Now, eventually it'll graduate to the point where, you know, people will start coming on and obviously got you down on the list as a guest, no doubt. Um, but that'll come you eventually and that'll be a little bit easier. But right now finding topics that I think are going to be relevant to everybody, um, you know, kind of keeping on track with the single person narrative has been not the easiest thing in the world. It's been a little bit difficult. And then just trying to make sure that, you know, I don't sound like a jackass most of the time. Um, you know, that's been, you know, kind of a challenge for me, but I, I embrace the challenge and I enjoy it and I'm excited to keep going with it. So are you writing down basically like an essay format, what you're going to talk about? And then you basically read and a little bit off the cuff, or are you just like doing bullet points and then talking about it or how much re-recording happens? <laughs> Zero re-recording. I really, re-recording. I re like Jay-Z one take. You just I, re- I re-recorded one time and it's because I accidentally deleted the audio file. But mm. in my mind, I was so happy I did it because I didn't love the first take. Mm. So I went for it. Basically what I do is I keep, I, I write my notes down. I write generally what I want to talk about and, and I kind of segment it out. And then I put it on the, the note side of my garage band and I kind of go from there. And that's kind of always been my, my speech method was I, I took speech classes for fun in college because I thought they were easy and I was pretty good at them. Mm-hmm. So I had my bullet points and I, you know, tended to educate myself prior onto what I was talking about. So, you know, when I talked about today, you know, setting up stores on online to, to sell old clothes that you might have in your closet, I literally wrote down places where you'd sell clothes, Poshmark, Etsy, Facebook Marketplace. And basically I'd go through and you know, I, I, based on my experience, I would be like, this is how it's easy it is to have a no contact sale on Facebook marketplace and no contact sales and all of that. So I got a broad topic. I tend to, part of my research is just educating myself on, on what I'm talking about. And then when it comes down to it, one of the things I don't like is sounding too rehearsed. Mm. I think, I think that becomes very monotone and kind of, you know, I'll just use the term boring. Um, I don't mind you know, stuttering myself here and there because I think it's more natural and more conversational. So I'm off the cuff most of it and and just going down the list of what I have to talk about and, you know, going off of what I've taught myself and what I've learned and what I've experienced. So what, what's some of the best compliments and what's some of the best criticism you've gotten so far? Uh, Compliment wise, I think the most consistent one and the one that I've kind of taken the most pride in is my radio voice. Mm. Um, I've Isn't been, that a cool compliment though? It really is. It's and a I'm weird, like, cause most like, people hate their voice. And then when somebody tells you that you're like, Ooh, yeah, I got a good voice. Yeah. Hearing myself back. Let me tell you, hearing myself back is also a challenge. I yep. heard myself back when I recorded you the first time and I'm like, do I really sound like that? Yeah. You'll and get then, used to it. Yeah. I, at this point I'm like, well, this is my voice. Like I'm going to roll with it. But uh, radio voice has been, you know, has been the most consistent compliment that I've gotten and the most positive feedback. Um, Negative feedback, I, I think I've had some people say that they wish um, I was more consistent in terms of the segmented, segmented stuff out. So like have, you know, a current events corner, have a dating corner, have a sports corner in each episode. Mm. Um, I've gotten that a couple times, which is 
you know, taken under consideration. Um, I've had some people tell me the sound is a little off here and there. So, you know, nothing, you know, I, I'm very lucky that nothing has been, you know, horribly negative. I kind of want some of it to be a little more harsh because yeah. I think that gives me a lot more to improve on. Um, but generally, uh, it's overall been positive. I think at this point, um, it's just getting distribution out there. And, you know, that's a, that's a process that started and it's progressed. And then hopefully, uh, I think Apple Podcasts is the last one to drop, which honestly might be the most important and the biggest one. It, it the, by far is. I'm going to tell you right now, it's like 95%. Yeah, and I'm one of the minority. I use Spotify for everything, but I also use Apple Podcasts. And I had a friend text me. He was like, I got to listen. He's like, are you on Apple yet? And I was like, no. And it's he's kind like, of embarrassing, okay. right? Like, you're like, <laughs> yeah. Apple, hurry up. Yeah, and they're like seven to ten days, and I'm like, all right, fine, like I'll wait. But I'm hoping that that the that the audience is okay to to start. You know, I'll give them you know at that point, you know, five or six episodes to to binge listen to um, once it's on Apple Podcasts, and and hopefully they're subscribing. And you know, I'm I'm taking the statistics right now with a grain of salt, simply because of lacking that that I don't know, I'll call it an asset at this point. Yeah, yeah it's it's so much easier. I mean, it really is the 80-20 rule. Like, I'm pretty sure here, I'll look up my numbers right now, um, and I'll tell you what if the stupid app will work. Uh, well, the app decided to – I'm pretty sure it's like 90% is Apple Podcast. Um, oh, let's see. Oh, I won't do it on the app. I have to do it online. Yeah. I can't log in right now. But yeah, it's the eighty twenty. The eighty twenty rule on this is so true. I firmly believe you because I've had a few people actually ask that, and I'm like, ah, oh, shit, yeah. And I'll, I was like, I will literally like text you the link the day it happens, and you'll be able to just go to town on it. Like that will be a, that will be the most like because I use Spotify religiously. Getting it on Spotify was you know a step in the right direction, so I was excited about that. I really don't know how many people use Google podcasts, but I, you know, was approved for that this morning and, and breaker as well. Um, so tune in and, and Apple are the last two major, you know, podcast venues to drop. Um, so we'll see how it goes after that. So, so here are my numbers. Um, now this includes 22% other, which the majority of that is people being linked to my web website, which has a, it's your own unique RSS player. Yeah. So it doesn't, fit into any of that. But so what, what if we take a hundred minus 22, so that's 78% left over. Yeah. Out of that 78% that falls into a player category, 67%. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. So, uh, Spotify makes up 3%. Stitcher makes up 3%. Anchor makes up only 3%. Bro. Spotify is, is not a big player in the podcast world at all. So they, they have been making a big push because they bought Anchor. Yeah. They've been making a big, big push to um, become more relevant in the podcast world. So they bought, for example, like the last podcast on the left, which was a huge podcast, is now exclusively on Spotify. Uh, they're buying The Ringer. Um, so they're trying to bring podcasts over exclusively to them. Uh, the problem is their infrastructure, like the actual use of the app, people don't like for finding podcasts on Spotify. Yeah, I will say it's a little bit more difficult um, and I don't love the way it like refreshes on like a daily basis when there's new episodes. But because I use 
Spotify for everything else. Like, especially if I'm at work, the, the days when I used to go into the office, I'd Spotify on my computer just because I didn't, you know, want to have to sit on my phone all day and, and have Apple podcasts going. I would use Spotify for that. Um, and I will, I'm a huge Spotify stand in terms of my Hulu comes with that. So I will promote Spotify as much as possible. I'm, huge, I'm, I'm here it. for it. Yeah. Um, but at this point I'm about to be Apple Podcasts' biggest fan. Yeah. I mean, you just, you, it's, it's damn near next to impossible to compete if you just don't have them because it's the most native way people will open it up on their phones. Um, so, and 87, I just looked at it, 87% of the people who listen to the podcast, my podcast, um, listen to it on an iPhone. So yeah. unless they're, again, unless they're coming to it via a post I make that takes them to my website, millennial-madhood.com, um, you know, if they open it up, it's going to go automatically to the podcast. So um, I'm glad you're doing it though. Like I tell people all the time, like if you've got a message and you think you can create an audience, doing a podcast can be one of the most rewarding things you do in your life because it's just so much fun and you get to, you get to impact people. You get to get people to share their stories. You get to share some of your thoughts. It's just fun. Yeah, I enjoy it. And, and again, with, with this downtime, um, this is helping me keep my mind sharp. It's helping me not, you know, keep my brain not turn to mush, just, you know, watching reruns of Parks and Rec in the office, which I've seen a thousand <laughs> times. Like, I love them. Don't get me wrong. They're on in the background when I'm working, but I'm doing more research so I can, you know, sound educated about current events when I talk about them. I'm listening to more podcasts to, you know, kind of see what I can do better on my own. And, and going from there. So this whole thing is going to be a learning experience for me. And I'm to the point, and, and I'm doing this to say I tried doing it. If it doesn't work out, God forbid it doesn't work out, I'm, you know, I won't be thrilled about it, obviously, because, you know, failure isn't something I do well with. But mm-hmm. I tried, man. I put myself out there. I released some episodes. I did it. If I want to revisit it, you know, down the road and, and do it better. I, I have it there. I've got a sample size of what I did right and what I did wrong. I can yeah. always revisit it down the road. So I'm, I'm excited to keep going, man. And, you know, I'm, I'm, you know, raring to keep going. I'm hoping that I do really well and I discipline myself enough when we're back to a normal life to keep going. And, you know, I, I, I'm sure I will, whatever that may be. Um, but I'm excited for, for what this has to hold and what this has to offer going forward. Yeah. I think the hardest part about keeping going is just because life happens. Um, like last year when I was in my car wreck, I I just had to take a step back and say, yo, (laughs) everything's (laughs) got to be put on pause for a second. Um, which it it is what it is. But once you have uh, an audience and once you have something that you enjoy, because I personally enjoy this, um, it's not that hard. The hardest part is just continuously like finding people and continuously, you know, being on schedule and, and things like that. Um, I am curious and, and you can say it sucked or it was great, but like was being interviewed on here, did that help you at all for like your own podcast? Absolutely. I, um, I, well, first of all, I got used to my voice hearing it, <laughs> you know, for one of the first times ever recorded. I think the first time I ever heard my, my voice recorded and played back, that wasn't like my cell phone voicemail was uh, one of what was whatever UT's news was called for the life of me. I don't remember. I was interviewed on there once, I think my junior or senior year. Yeah. So that was the first time I heard my voice come out of my mouth, like 
recorded. And then since then, I really hadn't heard like much or, or seen it much. And then, you know, being on your episode, uh, yeah, I kind of realized what I said a lot of. So, and I'm my own biggest critic. I said, you know, probably a hundred <laughs> times in that episode. And I was like, fuck, I can't do that again. So <laughs> I heard that and, and I realized like, what I said wrong. I realized if I was, you know, talking in circles at a point. So little things here and there that I would critique myself on regardless. The fact that I had heard myself on your podcast twice before actually helped me, you know, be able to see there's the, you know, it yeah. helped me be able to, to be better on my own, at least starting out. And then again, I listen back to every episode to see, you know, where I'm, you knowing a lot or umming a lot and, and you know, lowering the, the filler words that I'm using. So your episode was episode 11, uh, July 25th, 2018, which that blows my mind. Jeez, uh, 57 oh. minutes and 21 seconds. It was a long one. That's um, what you, I had the Roddy interview the first time. So I've got one-on-ones with both of you. You did. You did. Um, which Roddy hasn't done an interview in like 50 episodes. So <laughs> he kind of said, nah, I've interviewed him. We did a book club episode together. Um, so well, I've been waiting. I mean, on, I've been waiting on raise your glass for a minute. Yeah, yeah, me too. Me, <laughs> me too, man. Raise your glass is uh, it's it's on Apple. It's on Apple iTunes. You can go subscribe. Raise your glass with Adam Roddy. It's out there. It's on Spotify. It's on all the things. I created the RSS feed. We just don't. Uh, we just don't have any episodes because Mr. You got, Roddy. You got, you got a out. you got a nice preview on there, and I got really excited for it. I was stoked because Roddy. Bro, I, think I was were, excited for it. <laughs> one of you two had already asked me to be on, and I was like, hell yeah, I'll talk about dating on this. This will be fun. You know what? We just need to shame the crap out of Roddy right now. <laughs> Adam, uh, when you listen to this, get off your ass. We're waiting on Raise Your Glass. Yeah. There's like five episodes in the hopper too that need to be edited and put out. So it's not like there's no material. Um, anyway, we can stop. Anyway. <laughs> yeah, we can, yeah, yeah, yeah. Just raw. Um, <laughs> all right. Well, hey, tell folks how can they listen to That's So Shraven. Yeah. So That's So Shraven podcast. We're on Spotify uh, right now. We're on Radio Republic, on Breaker. Uh, we'll be on Apple Podcasts here in the next, hopefully, week or so. So check us out. Um, just called That So Shraven Podcast. Uh, general interest, a general interest uh, podcast. We'll talk about anything and everything that you want to hear. Um, on Instagram as well, at That So Shraven Pod. Uh, we'll post all the new episodes on there when, when content starts to flow a little bit more, uh, be a lot more active. Um, if you're listening to this and it sounds like something you're interested in, um, Yavi's got my contact. Feel free to give me a shout. I'm always open to suggestions for segments, for topics. If you're interested in coming on, happy to have you on just to, you know, kick it. You know, we'll shoot the shit. We'll talk about what's going on in the world. We'll talk about your experience during quarantine, what you're getting out of it, what you want to continue to get out of it, and what you want to do after. So uh, that's really it. Uh, you can follow me on Instagram and on Twitter at Shraven Mullaney, S-H-R-A-V-A-N-M-A-L-A-N-E-Y, no caps, all one word. So just a couple of pointers when, cause while you were talking, I was Googling it. So make sure it's that so Shraven when you Google it with an A after the V, not E, because otherwise you'll end up with Ooh, a bunch yeah. of that so Raven stuff. Um, Major key right that Shraven yeah. with an A. Yeah. So if you, if you, yeah, if you Googled that so Shraven podcast, the first result is the Spotify link. The second result is the anchor link. If I was you, I would click on the anchor link. And then as more platforms are added, 
like you can just click more platforms and see on all the platforms that are available. And obviously Apple will be available sooner than later. Um, no, but that's awesome, man. I'm proud of you. Congrats. Good job. Hey, I appreciate it. Hey, it, I appreciate you for that little tidbit right there. Boom. This is, this is why you're the expert here and I'm here learning from you still. Yeah. Look at that. Just, uh, just <laughs> all, all the podcasting knowledge. Um, <laughs> But Shraven, let's, I mean, we'll do it again because, well, we ain't got nothing else to do. Uh, we're all stuck You're right. We, we got months, man. Yeah. So um, I'll make sure to plug you on the episode within a description. Um, and outside of that, folks, go listen to that. So Shraven, you'll have a good time. If you even remotely enjoyed this conversation and you even remotely enjoyed Shraven's radio voice, go check it out. Give him a, give him a five star on iTunes. You know, give him, a, give him a shout out on social media, slide in his DMs if you want to um do whatever but anyway shraven thanks thanks for coming on man yavi i appreciate it man i'm looking forward to doing this again happy quarantine and brother <laughs> happy quarantine <laughs>